0: the break we talked about how Lindsay entered the industry and what it's like working as an art director and I actually had I know that we're supposed to move on to topic three but I had a really quick question or something that I was hoping that you could also clarify for us really quickly um what a concept artist is and isn't and because I feel like something that I've seen even amongst my um my friends that someone will be like oh I want to be like a a concept artist or like a character concept artist or something like that and i think what people think it is versus what it is practically are two very very different things and i was hoping you can go into that a
1: little bit i would love to because this is something i want to scream from every mountaintop over and over until this thing is clarified in our industry (laughs) so i see concept art and concept artists you are a visual problem solver you are not a illustrator who draws things that are themed like video games and i think like i get it it's fun to paint a dragon it's fun to paint sword guy but that is not necessarily concept art concept art is like you are doing a design of something in order to essentially like answer a question that the game is asking which is like right. there's a it's, it's almost like hard to describe, but it's like th- you are a designer, you are not an illustrator. Mm. So like painting a dragon is not concept art. Someone saying, okay, there is a monster in this level. It lives in a cave. It needs to be bioluminescent. It is going to attack the player character in this way. And here's how you have to strike it for it to die. And then you doing the sort of design thinking and like the iterative process we talked about before to then conclude it should look like a big glowing dragon. That's that's concept art um, so it's kind of about the process of designing something that fulfills a need that the game has and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think that you know if you like to paint the sort of subject matter that often appears in games that that is being a concept artist and it could be but in many cases it's sort of not um, we definitely have a perception especially now, but sort of always that like concept art needs to be slick and hyper rendered and really like nicely illustrated and hundreds of hours into rendering a very shiny shield and stuff like that. And it kind of goes back to the question we were talking about before the break of like, what is the point of this piece? What is the story of this piece? Why does this matter? And so I often ask that of people who have very beautifully rendered quote-unquote concept art pieces, illustrations, um, that are maybe generic, like Sword Guy. I've seen Sword Guy before. We've all seen Sword Guy before. It's a generic trope. Uh, And if we see, like, Sword Guy with a chrome shield that's really lovingly rendered, I will ask the concept artist, is this a piece about this guy's shield? What is the point of this? And it might be a piece about the guy's shield, if that's the mechanic of that character, if it's a character that only works with shield. And then furthermore, you can go, is this a piece about metal being shiny because sometimes that's where like people's attention and effort goes to like really lovingly rendering things and it's like most of the concept art i do i would not put in a portfolio because it doesn't look good a lot (laughs) of it is like napkin sketches stuff that i will live draw during a meeting is what i do a lot now i'll screen share in photoshop with people that i'm on a video call with and just sketch out things while they're describing some kind of design they need or something like that and they don't look good all that they need to do is look good enough that it's clear what the 3D artist or a person who's actually making the art for that thing that's going to show up in the game needs to be. So it kind of comes back to the map thing again. Concept art is a map for how to get to a place, a final design, that you are not yourself taking. Because in a lot of cases, especially in AAA, you're doing concept art to give to a 3D artist. So you're just giving them like the blueprint for how to make what the final thing is. And it also comes back to the another thing we said before of like, it's about making a good video game. It's not about making a pretty painting. though. having a pretty painting is nice. If your concept art doesn't communicate the design details it needs to, to show a 3D artist how to effectively make that design and communicate it, then it wasn't a good piece of concept art. All that matters is the final thing that the player sees and you're just helping the team get there. So, and that way there is quite a bit of philosophical overlap with the way concept artists work and art directors work. They're different yeah. applications of the same level of sort of zoomed out thinking, at least for good concept artists, I think. Um, but there's certainly a thing um, in the industry where we get shown a lot of stuff that's really like marketing illustration and sort of key art to make make a game look juicy and cool um and sometimes those are concept art but chances are that was not like the gritty like elbows deep in the mud figuring out what the thing is sort of concept art that you do early in a project to actually figure out what things look like um that usually that stuff is made at the end of that process or even after the design is finalized Mm -hmm. because it looks cool and people like it and Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with with making cool illustrations and wanting to look at nicely rendered paintings, but it's not its not the same kind of design thinking that concept art usually needs. So mm. a lot of my actual concept art is fast, quick garbage, but it's important garbage that like gets yeah. us to where we need to go in a lot of yeah, cases. Yeah.
0: Cool, so like, yeah. It's a great question. Yeah, because even like, I'm also like, since I've been getting more into um, art spaces and game development spaces, like I, I now know like the difference. But I think it's it's um, something that's not really talked about because it is what we what we see. Like we buy the art book for our favorite video game, Absolutely. and we're all just like, oh yeah, that's what I want. When it's just like, actually, that's not how it works. Um, but now finally going to topic three
1: actually um, can i make one more quick note on on just a similar thing a lot of concept art is not about designing uh big things a lot of concept art is not you're not there's one nathan drake in the uncharted (laughs) you know (laughs) how many rocks and crates are in uncharted a lot how many doors how many windows how many light fixtures like a lot of what you're doing as concept art is not the the big flashy important things um it's not just character work it's not just creature designs there's a lot of really mundane stuff i've designed more toilets than dragons Um, But the key is finding the fun in designing toilets and seeing that it's actually the exact same thing that um, I remember when I was a young artist, I had a a lot of, um, a lot of whether or not I enjoyed the job was, was really determined by what I was drawing but I feel like now I'm in a place where it's like it's all visual problem solving and you do the exact same visual problem solving figuring out what this dragon should look like as you do figuring out what a chair needs to look like and it's a really cool space to like feel your brain flick over into like oh it's really fun to design a rock and figure out exactly why a rock needs to look that way um Mm. so yeah that's it's it's not glamorous but it's cool to realize that the non-glamorous stuff is just as or even more fun because you get to be creative with the mundane
0: yeah for sure neat good stuff glad we got that ironed out yeah so <laughs> yes, totally it's no such a good question be... like no one can misunderstand anymore okay exactly yes another like yeah. sound
2: clip would the part that we can like send to anyone <laughs> who has this question <laughs> yeah soundboard for every
0: time we need to like yeah. talk about this again remember lindsay Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Um, well it's so important to also make people like not feel like they're not a real concept artist because i used to feel so so down on myself that i was like i'm not rendering at the level that like craig mullins does but it's like that's not actually the job like i'm not a bad concept artist because i don't render like craig mullins i'm a great concept artist because i have awesome ideas and that's what we should be focusing on and also
0: way to pick the cream of the crop as like someone to (laughs) Like compare yourself to you know, that's ridiculous. Yeah, well, we all well, do, we do it as artists, don't I know, we? Yeah, exactly. I know, and it's horrible. If I'm not the best. I'm shit. I know. <laughs> For me, right, like someone who doesn't really like—I don't really draw or paint or anything like that. Even though I love to do it, like as like a fun thing one day. Like <laughs> I see work from him, and I can't fathom why so, a person would even want to compare themselves so like mentally or whatever. Even though I know it happens, but. Dang, what a what a choice to to bring up. Yeah, Jeff. what a poll. Um, so, <laughs> kind of moving on. Um, art directing um, has a lot of leadership, which you kind of touched on before. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to know what makes a good leader to you as it relates to working in creative spaces.
1: I have some little noty notes. Oh, we sorry. love noty notes. Yeah, I love to be organized, even though I do this thing where I make notes, and then I don't look at them. And I just go oh, are you? Mean? This is what I do when I do talks, too. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> prep all these notes, and then I'm like, anyway, and just, like, go on a manic tear about stuff. But, yeah, no, this is an amazing question of, like, what, what makes someone a, a good leader? And I think it, like, God, all this stuff is so interconnected. I think there's this idea, like, there's this stereotype of the art director who's this harsh mean person who criticizes and tears work apart and denies artists from going to do stuff they want and they're like a dictator and it's like <laughs> yes there are people in the industry like that um, but I think that the stereotype is like either untrue in some cases or needs to really change because like You know, as artists, we're all so aware of what's wrong with us. We are so aware of the things we're bad at. We hate so many things about our art, and by extension, who we are in many cases. (laughs) And it's like, I used to think that critiquing by only pointing out flaws was the way you make stuff better. Mm. I used to say like, systemically destroy the weak parts. (laughs) And I'm just so realizing like, that's actually not the best way at all. Like... And this is just like such a pervasive thing for all of us. We know exactly what's wrong with us. We know exactly what's wrong with our work, both generally. We all, like if someone was at like, tell me 10 things that are your weakest things in art that you want to fix. We could rattle off a hundred with no problem. But with seeing the things we're successful at, we have so much more trouble seeing it because we've been trained in this like kind of like pain Olympics culture of just constantly critiquing each other and focusing on the weak points and stuff like that. So I find that like, this is also something that I learned. I had um I briefly went back to the college that I went to to teach part-time and all my friends who had worked with me were like, "Oh man, these kids are like they're you're going to destroy them with critiques." And, and I was like, "No, I don't think so." And then I got there and I was like, "They don't need critiques." Some of them I asked them how their day is going and they cry just cuz no one's been <laughs> nice to them for so long and they certainly haven't been nice to themselves and it's like so many times as artists like we need someone to point at what was good and say this is really good and also be told like and this is enough and you're doing great and like yeah there are always things to change about art pieces and like you need an art director to make sure people are sticking to the vision but the idea too of like a critique does not mean there's something wrong with the art a piece that you're making as an art director with an art team—it's a conversation you're having, and like each iteration on a piece is you working collaboratively together to find the solution. And each iteration is one more step, one more step along that path. Of getting to where you need to go. And it's not like because the work is wrong or bad. It's just because it needs to be different and be changed. Like it's like when you're cooking something and you taste it and you're like, oh, it needs a little more salt. It needs a little more spice. It's not that you're a bad cook and it's not that the dish is garbage. It's just that (laughs) it needs a little more salt. And like that's honestly what the job is as an art director. And I think good leaders is like pointing out the things that are good. Because we are, have so much trouble seeing that as a society even. And then pointing out the things that need to be improved, but not in a context of this is bad and you are a bad artist and your work is bad. It's like, no, this needs to be different. And we're all going to figure it out together. Because games are not made by one no. person in most cases. Absolutely. They're made by a community of people. And the game will be stronger if you see it as a collaborative process that you have to do finding solutions with people instead of yeah. like the art director who's criticizing the team and telling them their faults and stuff like that. So absolutely, I think that it's, um, yeah, it's a matter of like a good leader is someone who builds the team up and makes them believe in themselves and see things in themselves and, and in their art that they wouldn't be able to see. If you yeah. weren't there. And that's a that's what I ended up kind of getting into our direction for is that I derive more pleasure from showing someone something they didn't know they could do than yeah. me doing it myself and being able to just swoop in and be like, oh man, have you tried this? And then they try it and they're like, whoa, that looks great. I love it. Like it's magic. It is such an amazing feeling. And it's like, why would you trade that for making someone feel like shit when they already probably feel like shit? It's not going to make better work and it's not going to make a better game.
2: Big time that's so true because i think it's so easy like it literally is so easy just to mm-hmm. go and say oh this looks bad it's like yeah great That. thanks for letting me know but what am i supposed to do now and many people don't even think that second step in feedback to like actually give feedback that is aiming to help someone and build somebody up at the same time and you don't see that a lot especially like when in like very um established communities even people give feedback Absolutely. by just being harsh and mean and horrible that even when you look into like these conversations you don't even feel like even posting your work anymore because it's just harsh and taunting totally. and scary and then have like people then go into a workspace thinking that it's the same suddenly and then you're mm-hmm. even more closed off and don't want to even you know talk yeah. to anyone <laughs> and show yeah. anything and it's like so important to build that confidence of an artist to even feel comfortable
1: yeah, because we internalize it. If that's the only yeah. way work gets talked about, we just start saying it to ourselves before we even give anyone the quote-unquote <laughs> chance to tear down our art because we just do it to ourselves immediately yeah. anyway. And I think that like so much of it comes from like there are some really bad egos in our industry and I think a lot of people have a lot of insecurity. And I think like the most powerful thing and the most brave thing you can do as an art director is to say, yeah, it looks good that looks great we don't need to change anything about it and it's like i think that there are some people in lead positions where like uh, i I mean i'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here but we we pose the idea of art direction like it's the top of the ladder of being an artist and it's like if you're the best artist and you do the most career growth you will eventually be an art director and i think it's so wrong because it's a totally like i am a middle manager i talk to people and look at stuff and it's like that's not in the same trajectory as someone who's a really great 3d character artist and because we treat it like a thing that you have to like grind at ubisoft for 16 years to even get the chance to be an art director like it is a disservice to what the job is yeah so it's oh and it's this idea of like Everyone feels so insecure, both in being an art director, because it, not everyone, but it's like it's easy to feel insecure and like you have to defend why your job exists mm. by giving feedback on things. So it's like, have you guys heard of this thing? There are different names for it, but like green dogging is what my friends call it. It's no, the idea uh-huh. of you purposely put something incorrect in a piece for your art director to point out so they can feel like they did feedback. So it's the oh idea of like, if God. there's a dog in the oh. illustration, you make it green. So the art director can go, dogs aren't supposed to be green. And then otherwise they're like, otherwise the piece is fine. So it's like, I know so many concept artists who will intentionally put errors in the work that are easy to remove because a lot of like, sometimes art directors will give feedback just cause they feel like they're supposed to cause that's their job. Mm. Like. And I get it. It's like if if you are a ship captain and your ship never sinks because you never have to move the boat, was the ship captain necessary? If the concept artist is always nailing the design right on the first try, what is the point of your job? You know. And I think that there's a level of courage it takes to be like, no, like when my team makes the right call and it doesn't, they don't need input from me to recognize that and say, yep, let's do the next thing. Yeah. Looks great. And I think that um, there's a problem in the industry where when you have to grind that hard to get to that job and there's so much ego and so much like competition and proving and stuff like that, it makes it hard to just support people and like trust them and Absolutely. be okay with saying things are all right.
0: Yeah. Um, I think something that I've spoken with, um, a bunch of people about, especially in regards to critique, uh, is that I feel like at the at the end of the day the especially when it comes to like students or um, people working on their portfolios or whatever pushing towards like a certain goal that they have the goal mm-hmm. is to always have someone try again if something you're saying like makes someone want to give up then that's actually our problem you know because I feel like absolutely um, like like you said there's it's it can be so easy for certain kinds of people to get kind of egotistical with it and kind of like there is this um pride that people can have um for themselves where they're like yeah i give really harsh critiques at x y and z but to me that doesn't actually do anyone a a service it's just like if you are giving critique with the hope that this thing that someone's working on is going to get better. Why wouldn't you package that critique in a way where that person doesn't feel so uh, frustrated that they want to give up on life? Because so often also, like people are just so connected to what they're doing and they're in the trenches and they're working really hard and spending hours and and hours and hours on something that it kind of becomes wrapped up in your like sense of self. And I think because of like my, what I've observed Um, happening to other people like i have um a friend who like in school they got an art a, a critique from from an instructor that was basically like this is bad art and i was furious because i'm just here like what does that mean what is someone supposed to do with this you know like like rather than say rather than breaking down like why something isn't working you just say it's bad why You know, that doesn't actually help Mm -hmm. the person want to do things. It actually just makes them want to not work with it anymore. And I feel like there is this weird sort of like self-glorifying thing where it's like who can give the most harsh critique on one side and then on the receiving end is who can withstand the harshest critique because I have a feeling that the people who can withstand those harsh critiques are are more likely to be similar people.
1: Like yes, you absolutely. Are, you are,
0: I don't want to use the word. It's not like grooming. It's like a different thing. But if you are preparing people for their art, sort of like um, their their entrance into an art career, a certain way, and the only people who are making it past you, quote unquote, can only deal with like. your your really harsh critique in a certain way, those people are going to be a lot... I feel like those people are going to be a lot similar. And I
1: wish that we didn't... is is a way of grooming, though. Like, I think it's actually, like, it's a scary term to use. But it's, yeah, if if, you're telling... If one tells young artists that pain and suffering and self-loathing are a compulsory-related part of being successful and good enough, you are basically laying the groundwork for an industry that abuses and takes advantage yeah. of people. Yeah. And like yeah. games industry, not great to people, certainly not great to marginalized people in a lot of cases. And it's like, that's part of the foundation of it is just saying like, you must hate yourself this much to ride the game industry. Yeah. And it, it is not good for anybody. No. And I, yeah. like, I remember thinking that when I was a teenager of like, if you can't take the harsh critiques, you're not cut out to right. be an artist. And it's like, yeah. why, why do we think that? Why do we think that, like, the only people who are wired for harshness are good enough to do art? They're unrelated things. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, it's just, like, we're, we're already used to having these systems of people being hard on each other. And I think that it's, like... That's why I'm so passionate about speaking this way because it's like, I don't think it makes better art either. Oh. And the more we question this and dismantle it and find healthy alternatives to making art that doesn't tear people down, that makes them feel good about themselves, yeah, heaven yeah. forbid, um, it's going to make a better and more sustainable industry where like the... the um, I don't... Don't quote me on this, but I'm quite sure it's quite accurate. Um, the average age for non-men like femmes dropping out of the game industry is Uh 30 and it's like yeah because we're setting up this culture where people who don't look like most people who work in games e.g people who are not white and male are like often given a lot of signals in both overt and subvert ways that they don't belong, that they don't look like everyone else there. And then when you package that with being told that your work is shit over and over again, it's like, no wonder this industry is not accessible to people because there's just harshness that is woven into the very fabric of the way that we think about things. And it's just not necessary. No,
0: it's not. It's not. And, and, And I wish that, like, kind of in that same vein, I kind of wish we would kind of talk about more than just hard work juries actually brought this up to me the other day um earlier this week it's also art is also about patience like you work hard right but it's also about being patient with yourself and um kind of just like as long as you're working on stuff you kind of have to just kind of trust a little bit and, and just be patient with yourself and know that you're going to grow because yeah. you are putting in that hard Absolutely. work and it doesn't That's have so to be. lovely i know yeah. i know i was a uh, shout out to tree someone was asking him maybe like how his work is so good or whatever and he responded patience also because he works very very hard he, he loves working on his stuff but like the patience part is what i wish we would talk about more because like we said earlier like everything is so fast-tracked everything is like i need it now you have 15 year olds like stressing out about the game portfolios and things like that but it's also about like like waiting a little bit and just letting it bake in the oven a little bit yeah. more. And like a
1: sustainable process for stuff because like i really relate to you know i worked so hard in my teen years and early 20s and then i spent my mid and late 20s basically piecing myself together and i hated art for that period of my life and i didn't draw outside of work and it's like if i had just gone slower and loved myself and been okay with not being perfect and had a more sustainable approach i would be better now i would have drawn more because i wouldn't have learned to hate the thing things so much that I was reticent to do it and I wouldn't have had to put all this time and effort into like learning how to love it again. So yeah, yeah it's like we, we all need to slow down. Like the tortoise and the hare is maybe the most important fable for artists <laughs> at this point.
2: It's true, yeah. Because I, I think even like nowadays with social media and being online all the time, it makes that even faster. Like people think, okay, I need to be so fast because i go got an art station, there's 10 new artworks from 10 different people. Why am I not doing anything? Why is my art not ready yet? And that's like the most toxic thought ever, I think, to like start comparing your speed and how you do things with others who have like a completely different background and completely different life and what they do in general. It's like, just leave that aside. Just focus on your own path, your own thing, no matter how slow, fast, or whatever you do. If you take shortcuts, if you take the long route, whatever Google Maps tells you, do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) It's your path, and it's like patience is such a great like point to bring up. That's especially mm-hmm. for young people. I think the younger you are, the most like more impatient yeah. you get. Sometimes it's Absolutely. like I want this now. I want to go to do this right now. In this instance, but like learning patience, it's it's a great skill, and you can learn it. I think it takes a while, but it's possible. <laughs> it definitely is.
1: Yeah. You have time is something I would love to just write above yeah. the workstation of every artist. Like, you have time. There's yeah. no rush. It's okay. Wow, I well, should do that. I have,
2: a spot. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I have a spot right here. <laughs> As a last topic, I would love to touch upon. You mentioned that you have a lot of freelance experience. And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you now went back to like, studio work. And I wondered how did all that experience you had from freelance helped you with your current position? Is there any like, experiences you had that you really um, made you grow in your current position too? Or made you like, conquer specific uh, challenges that you maybe face? Is there anything that makes them both interlock with each other?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of my freelance was as like a hybrid art director concept artist. So mostly, I mostly worked with indies. I worked on a couple of VR projects and like PC and console type things. And so I would kind of be brought on, like they're indies, so smaller budget. So I would be brought on at like the beginning of a project and basically do like an art direction package like I would read their GDD and figure out what like what kind of people do we want to play this game what's like the vibe what what is the actual gameplay and then I do all my like art direction vision like visual research making key concept art for important things a lot of times that would be like defining the style defining the color palette maybe like the main character if there was one or the way like humans look in the world which can be a big keystone for the style of a game um and then I would kind of like put that package together and they be like, bye. And then like leave the team because they wouldn't have like the budget to keep yeah. me on all time in a lot of cases. So it was a really interesting experience from like my first studio job I was at for five years. And then suddenly I was like on a new game like every three months. So it was a really cool experience to be able to just like work on so many different things in mm-hmm. a capacity as an art director. Whereas like if I was in AAA as an art director, you can be art directing on the same one project for like, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, like really long production cycles. So it was so cool to just, like I feel like I got to practice being Mm. an art director and being a like visual visionary. I almost hate the word visionary because it sounds very like holier than thou, but you know, vision definer. (laughs) Um, Just like getting to work on so many different things with different teams and different people just made me, um, I think, better and more adaptive and, and more able to sort of have that like zoomed out macro view of what games should be and why. And sort of, it can be hard like to, when you, when you get into working in the industry, it can kind of be hard to figure out like where your own, skills and tastes and desires end and where the project itself begins because they can get so intertwined so sort of having the broad palette of games um was just such a good learning experience and i also just got to meet a lot of really lovely people working on different projects and trying different things so i think it definitely made me like Adaptive and a bit of a style chameleon because I I, I think there's like kind of two ways of doing art direction where it's like some people have really powerful styles and when they got hired for a project, you're like, oh, it's going to be a game by first name, last name. So it's going to look like these things. But I really pride myself on being sort of a chameleon and I sort of, like I do have a style but I sort of fit it based on what the game needs to be. So a lot of my work all looks really, really different. And so so I think it's really um, the flexibility of freelance and getting to work with different people um and yeah i think that being able to just like practice having that zoomed out macro view of a project now that i'm kind of working at one studio and sort of more in for the long term it's Uh, nice to um be able to always be the person who's like hey what if we pull back a bit why are we doing this 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 conversation we're having what are we actually trying to accomplish here and i feel a lot more like uh a little more like a de- detached is not the right word, but sort of like there's like a healthy detachment in a, in mm. a Zen Buddhism way of like seeing things for what they are um, and being able to constantly question why we're making the choices we're making in a way that's just easier to practice when you're on a new project because everything's new. Yeah. So it's easy to feel kind of refreshed and not too like deep in the deep in the like weeds of things, you know, mm. so yeah
2: it's nice to have both worlds because as you said with freelance you have such a good opportunity to actually hop on different projects which some people might see as a disadvantage but i think that's great especially when you're like maybe a bit newer or like in the middle of your career you get to figure out maybe what you enjoy doing what kind of like projects you enjoy being on and having so much experience gathered is always great like there's no disadvantage to that and as you said it helps you so much in your current role to having that view from a freelancer and being on different projects that's so good yeah
1: i think even on like a almost like a stability standpoint i also feel like very stable in the game industry now which is probably a wild thing to say but like just seeing like there are so many studios and people and teams and i think this is also an exciting point in the industry where there's like a lot of funding and like the double a space as it were that it's like indies with bigger budgets teams of like 20 people or something like that that before it was kind of like triple a only and then it's like triple a or mobile but there's just so much stuff happening right now and i think it was so lovely to work in freelance and just see that like oh my god there's so many options and so many things i can do and if one thing doesn't work out there's like 20 other things you can do (laughs) so it's like i don't feel too freaked out about like there's so many like like the contract cycles of this industry of like people are constantly looking for work but i kind of feel like i am my own job stability now that it's like i know that i'm good to work with i know i'm good at my job i know that i like working with people and it'll all kind of be fine and like i used to have this really strong vision of like when i was younger of here's exactly what i want to do and i'm exactly on this path and now when people ask me what i want to do in five years i'm like i don't know We'll see. We'll see what the (laughs) industry looks like. And that might sound flighty, but it's like, I think that belies how confident I am in just of like, games is going to keep getting better. And there's going to keep being more diverse people making more different things like there's so much variety in the kinds of games that are being made right now and that's so exciting i think it's because people are finding other weird paths that don't look like the typical ones we think we have to stick to so it's a big thing too It's just like being freelance has made me so optimistic for like i'm always going to find my place in the industry and there's always going to be a place for me and for Any people who, you know, kind of look at the normal structures of like, I'm going to work at one company for 30 years. Like if that sounds boring or whatever, then, you know, there's just so many options out there and it was cool to get to see them and experience so many.
2: Yeah, people shouldn't limit themselves so much and like um, be open to change and also to new things and not be too like fighting onto that one thing and like, oh, I need to do this. Like, just be open. Like, as you said, there's so many cool projects that you don't even know about. Like, they're all out there just waiting to be like, discovered by you or somebody discovering you and wanting you to work on it. So it's like, just be open. Let the world yeah. get you.
0: For sure, <laughs> <Such> good <laughs> advice. I, I think um, something that I didn't really think about Until you guys kind of brought it up is like how doing freelance right now is giving me experience that I would not be getting otherwise, right? Like learning how to work with a team is a different sort of learning curve, um, no matter how um, charming I am as a person um, talking to people on discord um, or uh like just learning pipelines and things like that and whatever sort of every sort of team that I end up joining or every project that I kind of work on is only it 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 compounds the stuff that I'm learning and so it's teaching me that um that I should be more vocal about like getting feedback sometimes because sometimes you get in your head and you're like oh no I want it to be to, like, this certain point before I show it so that the feedback I, that I get can be at the peak or whatever, whereas in reality, I sh- should have probably showed it four hours ago so that they could have caught that thing that I finished four hours later and, you know, um, kind of could have gotten that fixed up or whatever. And I think so often, um, like, we th- people can think that one is greater than the other or one sort of work yeah. style is more is more worthwhile or monumental than the other like like you said it's like only AAA or whatever or it's only this it's only that whereas in reality if you give it a chance there's probably a lot more um like there's a lot more variety and you might find like a working situation that you really enjoy and that's something that's kind of like opened my eyes with like freelance stuff is that like there were things that i hadn't considered that I'm considering now and it's making me think in a different way than before and it doesn't feel like as um restrictive if that makes sense because yeah. it's like actually there are, yeah. there are more options than you think that yeah. there are um and I think that's something that I would not be thinking about now had it not been for you know um 2021 happening to me and becoming a freelancer yeah. all of a sudden And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's good that, you know, maybe people are slowly kind of coming around to realizing like, oh, like there's, there's more out there than just like one thing. Not to say that you shouldn't like, like reach for a certain thing or like have something as your goal or whatever, but like, I don't know, like goals might not be this thing where it's like a destination. It might be just like a point. And then after you get to that point, there's something else probably like yeah. it's, it's more like gold yeah. rather than like a summit I feel probably yeah
1: and like letting the path change based on how you're experiencing the journey is like wisdom you know letting yourself learn and and be open to things like I, I love how it was just put so simply as like being open, like Jazz was saying, like, just being open to things. And it's like, I had so many, like, I've had students before who have really have, like, cool, weird art styles and, like, cool, weird, interesting, different ways of looking at things. And they're like, oh, I just want to work at Blizzard. I just want to work at, you know, whatever place that has the house style. And it's like, that's totally fine. But, like, let life show you what it's yes. going to give you because it, it might make you even happier like yeah. you're you're making the choice you know as a kid to like i want to work at blizzard or i want to work on uncharted or something like that based on the information you have then and to like just be open to the fact that life might show you that, that that you can accomplish like being happy and feeling creatively fulfilled in so many other ways and it's it's such a disservice to an individual artist to just say i'm going to be person who's part of company and it's like no let let company be defined by you. Like the house styles of, of different companies we love, like Blizzard, like those were individual artists who defined what that is. And I think it does a disservice to artists to just say like, I'm gonna be someone who draws exactly like this studio. Like sure, you might be happy at that studio, but like exactly, just be open to the experiences that happen and let yourself be influenced by them and let yourself influence the things that are around you as well. Because like, that's what life is. just letting yourself go with things and enjoy and have fun and explore and discover what's the point if not that
2: that's so relatable because for personally for a long time i felt like i'm kind of wrong or bad in a way that i don't have a dream studio or like a dream style to go to i always was like i just want to yeah (laughs) Yeah, because it always feels like so awkward when people are like what's your dream studio and i'm like I don't know, maybe I didn't meet it yet. Like, who knows, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. like that I'm, I never thought of even because I just like to do what I like to do, and yeah. if there's a project that I'm interested in, that's the team seems good, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hop onto it. I don't care if it's like studio X, Y, Z, it, it just has to be something I enjoy doing. And not many people seem to have this feeling. Like I always felt like left out yeah. of having a dream place to go to. And it's um, okay not to have that. Like, just do what you want to do. <laughs> you don't have to, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. figure things I, out that
0: quick. Like. I don't have hopes for, like, a dream studio. I just have hopes for, like, the people that I work with. That's it. Like yes, I know yes, the, team that I, yes. the team that I'm working with right now, Um, they're an indie um, company right now, a small group of people. Like, I feel like there's a certain amount of anxiety that I'm going to have about working, period, because that's just me, and that's built into... Me, that's how I came out of the package. But um <laughs> like I know there was a day where I was sitting here trying to get work done. Um, there was a lot of brain noise upstairs and it wasn't really getting done. I was stressed out about stuff, and I messaged the chat and I was like, Hey, so I got X, Y, and Z done. Um, sorry for not getting more done this morning because I'm just really stressed out, blah, 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 blah. And um, one of the leads kind of like messaged back and was like, that's okay. That happens to me too sometimes. Like stuff like that really matters to me. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, so people care about people here and they take the yeah. time to be like, like, let us know if you're like stressed out because you shouldn't like if, cause I'll make jokes on, in calls and stuff. Is that like, if I, have, if I have problems with this concept, like I'll just let you know before I cry myself to sleep later. And they're like, please don't do that. Like they don't even let me make jokes like that because they're like, no, if you're if you're getting to that point you should absolutely be asking for help. Like please ask for help. And like yeah. having um, environments like that is what matters to me more than an IP, honestly. Yeah. Because so I don't know, weird. man, like if the IP is cool, but the people are not, I'm not gonna wanna be there, you know? Like I'm
2: no. not gonna have a It's not sustainable. It really isn't.
1: Nope. It's Ash, I'm so glad that you have the experience of a supportive team like that. Because, like, it makes all the difference, And I feel the same way. Like, who I'm working with matters to me so much more than what we're working on. Because it's, like, the whole point of making games and stuff is, like, creative collaboration. And if you're having a blast collaborating with people because they have no egos, because they're supportive, because they trust each other, that is always going to be creatively more fulfilling and fun and honestly probably make a better thing anyway than if you're, like, having to cry in the bathroom at work all of the time or, you know, feel like you can't share stuff. Cause I have a similar experience with my work. Like we are constantly like, Hey, having a really bad mental health day, hate myself a whole lot. Uh, Just going to cry and not work. And everyone's like, we love you. Take care of yourself. It's totally fine. And it's like, I don't care that I'm not working at Blizzard where I wanted to work when I was 14 because like, I don't know if I'd be getting treated as well. I want to be treated well and like valued for what my contributions are. And I don't think the bragging rights of an IP makes up for that if you no. don't have it. Otherwise, you know. So yeah. I think it's so so wise. I think that's such a
2: like positive and also nice um, note to end, like, uh, conclude our
1: conversation
2: yeah. because uh, <laughs> I feel like we all like reached basically like the same kind of direction into that. It's good to um, be open. It's good to want to experience different things, and it's all just gonna help you. With anything you do anyways. Nothing is wrong. There's no wrong path in what we're doing. And we got this. We're here for each other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. For sure. Just be a good, cool person. Yeah and It'll wow. kinda of work itself out, I think. And the more yeah. of us that do that, the easier that gets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. For sure. So to anyone listening, we will include all um, of Lindsay's social media links in the description. You can find her on Twitter and on her website, but yeah, you can check them all out and please make sure to do so. And as always, if you want to suggest someone to
0: join us on the podcast, someone who is a great positive force within their community, along with being great at what they do, please send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. That's all inclusive with no spaces pdcst at gmail.com they can be a 2d artist 3d artist literally anyone they just have to be cool that's the criteria (laughs) so if anyone has any sort of suggestions uh, for anyone to come on um, just please feel free to let
2: us know so thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of all inclusive we hope that you had just as much fun listening to us as we do talking and you can find us on a couple of different social media channels you can find these links also in the description And that's going to include Twitter, YouTube, and Spotify. Thanks again. And we hope you join us for another episode of All Inclusive.